Hello, and welcome back to Adapt and Thrive. This is the third and final part of our current series, The Seven Biggest Digital Marketing Trends for 2022. If you haven't already listened to parts one and two of this series, then be sure to check those out first and then head back over here. That will be episodes seven and eight of this podcast, where Tom and I reveal the first few trends. There's a ton of valuable information in those episodes that you won't want to miss, including some awesome tools that we've been utilizing that you will find super helpful for this year. Um, I've been using them recently, and I already feel like 2022 is way more efficient than 2021, which is great because now I have way more time to watch Euphoria like the rest of America. Um, but now as we move into part three of this series, we have our final three out of the seven trends to discuss. This is more than the first two parts, so we're just going to go ahead and jump right into it. Here's part three of the seven biggest digital marketing trends for 2022. You're listening to Adapt and Thrive, a survival guide for the modern marketer with hosts Tom and Kate. Tom Gallego, author and creative director of award-winning digital agency L7 Creative, and Kate Hauser, his incredibly witty, social media-obsessed millennial co-host also of L7 Creative. Join Tom and Kate every other week as they discuss and debate topics around how modern marketers can thrive in the ever-changing and often intimidating landscape of digital marketing. Your survival guide begins now. So I'm really excited for this next one. I'm probably, this, I'm super interested to see how you feel about this one, Tom. I feel like our audience will be split, but the fifth trend in digital marketing of 2022 is an increased demand for business information via voice command. So basically just like completely advancing our Alexas and our series and our, our Google, whatever. Hey, Google, I'm, a, I'm an Alexa person, so I don't actually ever say, hey, Google, but I think that's what people say. Um, but people want more information from their voice command devices or your car. A lot of people have it in their car, for example. Um, so Google reported that 52% of voice activated speaker owners want to hear information about deals promos and sales alongside business information, like store hours. So sometimes like all, if I like want to go to Target, I'll be like, hey Alexa, like when does Target open? And she'll say, oh, Target opens at nine, whatever. But then to also say, what are you looking for? And I could say, oh, you know, I'm looking for mascara. And they could say, oh, you're, um, they actually have mascara for like this amount of money. Like this is a brand we think you might like, like it's on aisle seven. So like very specific product information or promos and things like that. So I am like, I'm a little on the fence about this. I kind of like it, but I kind of don't. Well. What do you think? Yeah. <laughs> well, first of all, we got to sort out all these uh, virtual assistants. You know, I think they should just go in the octagon and battle it out. Siri and Alexa and, yeah. you know, see may the strongest survive. Right. Like, yeah. like we got way too many. Yeah. Right? Let's kill them off. <laughs> <laughs> the Hunger <laughs> Games of voice activated <laughs> devices. Like, you know, I've got a number of these in my life. Right. You know, the one I own, pretty much the only one I really use is Siri. Oh, really? Yeah. That's so funny because I never, I don't think I've ever used Siri but I use my Alexa every single day. So in some ways, my perspective is it makes you safer in a car, right? If you, yeah. it's hands-free and all that. Yes. So I like yeah. that. Yeah. But I don't like Alexa listening to me in my house. Yes, I agree with That's that. That's super creepy. Yes. And my Alexa, like she's been on one recently, <laughs> like on one. And like I literally was on the phone yesterday with my husband and he was like, we, I was on speaker. I had him on speakerphone and I was like, okay, sounds good. Like he was like, I'll see you home for dinner. I was like, all right, love you. And my Alexa goes, I love you. 
oh my god and i go excuse me <laughs> what? what and i was like were you talking to me or my husband because you need to slow down and i also think for some reason maybe i don't like and your husband's like who's that yeah he's like who's there you have someone there i'm like you've been married a month and right. you're already cheating right. and on it's me. a woman <laughs> <laughs> Okay, this is getting weird. <laughs> yeah, but I just like, I don't mind having, I don't mind Alexa having more information to feed me, but I want her to be less involved unless I ask. Like, I feel like the more and more I talk to her, the more she talks at when not, when, when she hasn't been spoken to. There's also been some really funny examples. So I found one this story where there was a little girl who recently a little child was like talking out loud saying, I really want a dollhouse. I want a dollhouse. I want a dollhouse. And her Alexa heard. And the next like three days later, a $700 dollhouse like showed up at the door. So the mom was like, what? Is this really true? What is going on? It's a hundred percent true. Oh, and it gets better. God. Then the local news station heard about it and did a report on it. And, and then in the news recording on the TV, they go, yeah, this the little girl said, Hey, Alexa, order me a dollhouse. And it ordered it. Then when people were watching that newscast in their home, multiple people's Alexas ordered it off of the, the newscast recording. That's awesome. So like four or five other people yeah. in the area got the so same dollhouse. Mass, mass run on the- How funny is that though? Like that, and it's interesting because apparently if you are, if you run like a national advertisement, this was a newscast, but if you run a right. national advertisement, if, if Alexa runs advertisements and in the advertisement, someone will say like, hey Alexa, blah, blah, blah. Amazon can, can code that in everyone's Alexa so that their Alexas don't fire off in their house. If it's like an advertisement, a national advertisement for Alexa. It's, it's madness. I it don't is. know where, where it stops, but, yeah. um, we're marketers and we just need to utilize the madness to our, uh, favor. Voice command is going to be a trend of 2022, whether you're on pro voice command or anti voice command as a marketer, you have to try to optimize on it. So a couple of quick tips for how to optimize on voice command in your marketing is to optimize your website for voice search. So have some areas of your website where you have longer tailed keywords and common phrases that people use in conversations. So so where, you know, you should have obviously like short and sweet keywords. Also have longer winded ones that are more informal um, so that when people are like talking to their Alexa, Alexa's, you know, trailing the internet and finds it, it'll be more likely that she'll bring your business up. Um, another idea is to um, the fact that many voice queries will start with who, what, where, or how. So most people will say, Alexa, how do I do this? Alexa, who can I get this from? Is actually in including those that as part of your keyword phrases. So one example is on your FAQ page, have a section where it's like, what can you do with your blah, blah, blah. So that way then it comes up more in like voice query. So being strategic about the keywords on your website so that they would translate to voice so that they would pick you up. So those are some tips. That's cool. Um, yeah. I like that. Yeah. Next topic for 2022 really coming hard and fast is, is this concept of, of, uh, informational advertising, educational advertising. So you want to educate your customers, right? Because mm -hmm. it's estimated that, that the Americans are exposed to four, to 10,000, 4,000 to 10,000 ads per day. That's crazy. That is insane, right? It's crazy because it sounds insane because we probably just aren't even noticing it. Right. You know, it seems like a lot, but like it must be happening. Yeah. yeah. Well, so, you know, 
how much time do we, so this, this goes back, you know, 50, 60, 70 years before the creative revolution in, in um, advertising where they had informational ads. So if you were going to buy, um, you know, a new dress shirt, there's an ad in why this shirt's really good, double-stitched, you know, cotton's this, cotton's that. Well, nobody does, you know, nobody really has the time to read an ad, right, yeah. like that. Yeah. So that could take take you five minutes, but it's five minutes of your life. Yeah. People want to, they want to consume something in five to ten seconds. Right. Right. Yeah. So, so this led to the creative revolution. So kind of, you know, kind of entice or romance the listener through humor or through cleverness, smart advertising. Mm -hmm. And then that kind of went away, right? Into more, hey, buy this with this discount and do, you know, do these kind of things. Um, so now it's coming back where... Because there's so many, there's a glut of competition in the marketplace. In any one category, there, there could be 10, 20, 30 competitors, right? So everybody's trying to really outdo each other with, you can only get so many discounts, right? You can only play that card so much. So now they're trying to really educate and, and, and do it in a clever way. And it's not always about your product. Um, so in my research, I, I got into this. Uh, and one of the greatest campaigns of all time is the the Dove Real Beauty campaign. Oh yeah, that one's okay. so iconic. I like reference that campaign to clients sometimes when I'm talking about certain things. Yeah, it's, so it, it's amazing. And and I've raised two daughters, and I, I swear to God, I'm I'm going through this this campaign. Uh, and, and I hadn't seen it for a while because Dove keeps reinventing it, mm -hmm. keep updating it. Mm -hmm. And there was one um, ad in here I, that brought tears to my eyes. Wow. Okay, it really did. It was Brian? it was that sad. It was they brought in a sketch artist that uh, have you seen this? I probably have, but I it's not like <sighs> keep going. So the sketch artist does does works for the police department, right, or the <gasps> local cops. Yes, yes, and, I remember this. And the woman comes in, these are full-grown women mm -hmm. in their 30s or 40s. Yeah. Well, they had know. all different, women of all different ages, ages shapes, sizes, shapes, sizes, nationalities. Right. Yeah. Just ordinary women. Yeah. Right? And this guy sat behind a, a screen. Mm -hmm. And this woman uh, who was, they were told to just befriend with and get to know, would start asking them questions about uh, their their features, mm -hmm. their face, yeah. their eyes, their, their nose, parents, their, yeah. their appearance. So this guy would he drew the sketch, right? Mm -hmm. And and then um, as they uh, and I guess she had a picture too, and and so this went on for a number. I don't know. So many of these uh, women came through, and then so they put those pictures aside. So this is the woman being interviewed, describing herself. So then the woman who interviewed her, and they got small talked and they became, you know, you know, kind of friends. Yeah. You know, she they asked her to describe this woman. And she described the woman how she saw them. Mm -hmm. And then they brought these women back and they showed them the two pictures mm -hmm. of how somebody that 
really appreciates them and wants to engage with them, views them in how they view themselves. Right. And it was like night and day. Wow. They were so much more beautiful and and so much more accurate. Right. Too. When the other person, the other person's picture, the one who described them. Exactly. Yeah. So that was really awesome. Some of the most iconic campaigns have been informational, educational. Because that was like, you're beautiful. Dove thinks you're beautiful. Every, everybody's right. beautiful. Everyone looks at themselves to be less beautiful than you actually are. So that's a form of education, right? They're educating people on just confidence and reflection and, you know, just general. Yeah, it's it's a brand attribute. It's a mm-hmm. it's a brand ethos. It's it's something that defines Dove. Yeah. So they're not yeah. trying to overtly sell dove they're trying to sell a feeling right and a, an, emotion. an emotion yeah right so if you're a marketer yes. go the emotional route go it's, the emotional route 100 percent, because that's that's going back to the statistic about there be us being exposed to up to ten thousand ads a day yeah that's an ad that caught you that you watch that is also pretty long it's not like a short it's a couple minutes and that's stuck with you enough to long now, form. you know? A yeah. lot of them are long form ads. Yeah. But think of the most iconic informational educational campaign in, in probably in, in the, well, it's, as far as changing opinion, it's in the top three or four. Yeah. It's the Got Milk campaign. Oh, Got Milk. That yes. English, Got Milk, question mark. Yeah. Um, uh, that's like so iconic. I think it was done by Goodby Sil- and Silverstein out of San Francisco. But what it did is it, because milk was just losing, it was done by the advisory board, the milk advisory board. Well, you know, that's pretty yeah. mundane, right? Yeah. But they, this agency took this, this uh, you know, uh, challenge and came up with the Got Milk campaign and said, reminded people, like, hey, it goes great with peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Right. And kids love it. Mm. Well, so that's just a few ways that informational ads can, you know, and educational ads can be used. Okay, guys, with spring coming up, Tom and I are both looking to be as bikini ready as possible, but neither of us have an exercise routine that we've been able to stick to long term. Um, I was doing some research the other day and I found out it actually takes 66 days to form a habit. So that's literally what doctors and scientists say, that if you do something for 66 days, it's likely that it will be a habit that you can maintain. Um, But neither Tom and I have really found anything that we like enough, that we can be consistent with, that actually is a habit. Um, So cue BioAstin. BioAstin, if you're not familiar, is one of our favorite supplements to take for muscle and joint recovery. Um, It's known as nature's most powerful antioxidant. Um, It's really great after like a workout or a hike or something like that. So that's usually where Tom and I take it. Um, But they're hosting a free 66-day challenge to engage your body and mind. So it's called the Path to Wellness. It's a free nine-week program set to help you develop healthy, long-lasting habits. Each week of the program is going to be hosted by a different influencer in the health and wellness space where they'll be sharing their go-to exercises. You'll be able to complete these health challenges, gain points, redeem some awesome prizes along the way, with the ultimate goal being to form a long-lasting healthy habit. Um, Great timing, just in time for summer. Uh, It's super rare to find a custom workout program for free these days, so be sure to sign up now to secure your spot. The program launches in April, but you can sign up now at bioastinpath.com. So that's bioastin, B-I-O, 
A-S-T-I-N path.com. This is the last of our digital marketing trends for 2022. A lot of the things that we've spoken about in this series have been what do marketers need to do because of like change, you know, things that are happening, um, like the death of the cookie and the overconsumption of um, advertising and people wanting more voice command. This is just like what do consumers want at the end of the day. This is a really good. It's probably one of the ending. Yeah, it's a to good wrap one. this segment. Up, yeah, I mean, right? Definitely. So there's three total. Um, the first one which I feel like comes out of COVID, like everything does in our life these days, um, is convenience. So people, I think, always wanted convenience, but people want convenience now more than ever because um, it's just they want it to be fast and they want it to be something where they maybe don't have to go somewhere to get something. So one example of this is like Instacart is grocery delivery. So right. I, I use Instacart every week. Like I don't remember the last time I went to a grocery store. I don't know. Call me, You're call me. such a millennial. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> like I do. I mean, I I pay like nine dollars a month, and I right. have unlimited deliveries, and I ha don't have to pay a delivery fee. You still have to tip, but it's like a couple of dollars, you know. Um, but I order our groceries every single week on Sunday night. But don't you like to go in there and squeeze the the, no. the, the oranges? No. You know? Well, now I order it so often that I have like the same. Like I have this like woman who's like thump always on the watermelon to see yeah. if if it's sweet. No, because you can I don't actually be do going that. in there touching everything. Nope. And then you know it's sweet. Yeah. But if it goes, doom, 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 is that it's how not you, sweet. Well, I don't like watermelon. That's, okay. It's just weird. I'm like a freak. But <laughs> yes, I love using Instacart. I like this the convenience. I don't want to have to go to a grocery store. I don't want to have to leave my house. Um, if I'm going to pick up food, you know, you want like curbside pickup. But I think the curbside, you know, process is not is no longer just for food. Like I feel like there's yeah. a lot of retailers now. Like I can order something from staples and go pick it up at curbside delivery yeah like staples like i can say i need right. printer ink and i'll just be sitting in my car and they'll bring that's it out insane. like <laughs> i know that is so like yeah it like, almost it's makes lazy. you feel like a like royalty yeah right? oh yeah they just yeah come out that's my guy that's my yeah, guy that's my that's guy, my guy. <laughs> and they'll even put it in your trunk i've noticed oh i'm sure yeah yeah so yeah, convenience is like the number one. So real quick, before you leave convenience, I've, yeah. I've said this for years, this is before COVID. And it was one of those BS throwaway statistics, right? Not like the ones we've given you before. Those right. are real statistics. Yeah. But I, I used to repeat it because it just sounded good. And I, and cause I heard it somewhere. Somebody said more money is spent on convenience than all the other money combined on goods and services. So in other words, once you factor out convenience, it, th that all those goods and services GDP would be half the price. Oh, and so that you're was just paying more. You're paying more for oh, convenience. Yeah, and that's just mm -hmm. and that and that's just that's before COVID. Right. Think of it now. Right. It's right. insane. Okay. Um, okay. So convenience. So uh, marketers, if you don't don't think just because you're not like a a food delivery service that you can't offer convenient options because like I said, even staples now you can get uh, curbside, you know, pickup of your order. So it really is not, you know, industry specific. Um, okay. The second one is a little bit related, but this one is safety. So people are looking for safety, which they, I feel like is definitely a COVID thing. Um, contactless payment options. Um, like we talked about our voice activation trend, but having voice activation in store kiosks versus touch kiosks. So like when you go on a target and you can like search for an item to figure out what aisle it's on, having that be voice activated. 
um, outdoor dining options for restaurants. So if you're in a cold area, get some space heaters and have your little outdoor area year round. Um, cleaner ingredients. I think people are just looking more at ingredient labels than they were before because they're more caring more about their health. Um, so safety is yeah. the second one. Well, I give a good example of this. Okay. So just two days ago, three days ago, I was I needed to buy some parts for the house. Some uh, I can't. What remember kind of what stuff? Were you buying? <laughs> oh, and I was buying. I was buying uh, these uh, keyless locks. Keyless locks? Yeah, locks, okay. locks for the new locks for the doors of my house. Oh, cool. They're like, really like, super expensive. Like where you can just type in like a code? You can type in a code. Like a padlock. Exactly. Right? Okay. No, it's a it's a lock set. So it goes on the door. Oh god, I got it, got it, got it, got it. But it is, but it has the code and then you type it has in. Has a code. Yeah. yeah has cool. all that stuff. And and I had to buy three of them. Okay. Now, I go to the checkout, and this is a major, major I'll just say it. It was Lowe's or, or, or Home Depot. It had to have been one of those two. It was, it was one it of was the two. Low. You started I with remember. Lowe's. I think it was Lowe's. <laughs> so the, the long story short is there is no uh, human check checkers. I think this is going to be the norm. I think so. Yeah, I think so. I, I was waiting for this to happen. It's, it's um, you know, it's a, a, it's Attack of the Machines or what is yeah. it? The... Uh, the uh. Revenge of the machine. It's yeah. the machines are taking over. Yeah. Let's just put it that way. I know, which makes me sad because so cars. many jobs that would, I know. so many jobs. Need Except to. I'm like the worst with those self-checkouts, like literally the worst. Like I go and like it just beeps every single time. Like I was in the store the other day and this woman, I was at like Sprouts and I was like, I'm so sorry. Like I messed it up again. Like just like little things, you know? Yeah. Like you didn't put your product in the bag and then now it's trying to figure out the weight. Like it's so frustrating. So safety, convenience. And then what do you think the third one is of what consumers are prioritizing? Um, sustainability. Okay. You looked at my notes. <laughs> <laughs> you looked at my notes. Yeah. So sustainability is the third one. So 73% of consumers said that they want to be more sustainable within the next 12 months. So consumers are looking for new brands that offer cleaner, sustainable options and looking closely at their existing brands that they love to see what they're doing to be greener. I think that's excellent. I'm all for this. You yeah. know, um, no conspiracies here. Although I did hear from, from somebody much younger than me, they, they told me, they said that it's been, and this could be an urban legend, that it's been... The, they, they reverse tracked all of the, um, yes. you know, the recycle yes. yeah. in it. There's not really being recycled. Is that the truth? It's going recycle? in landfills, like the recycled trash can. So there's that. some things that you can recycle. The whole recycling thing kind of goes back to, you know, who started that, right? Is Coca-Cola. Oh, they did. Coca-Cola. Appar no apparently this could be hearsay. This is like something I heard way back in the day in the fifties, Coca-Cola worked, this is like very conspiracy, Coca-Cola worked with the government to come up with these recycling programs because people didn't really start recycling until plastic. Because in the 50s, everything came in glass. Right. So you had to get a glass bottle of Coke, not a right. plastic bottle. Right. So then Coca-Cola said, well, we can do plastic. It's cheaper for us. We're going to start producing plastic bottles of Coke. But now let's work with the government and have recycling programs so that if you buy a plastic bottle of Coke, 
it's your responsibility to recycle it. And then it's fine. It's not on Coke that we're producing these plastic bottles. It's on you that you bought one and you're not throwing it in a different bin than your trash bin. Oh, they just transferred the they responsibility. They completely transfer the responsibility, yeah. So that wow. is what, how it started. So now, you know, plastic is like, there's no end life to plastic. When you make something that's plastic, that plastic will exist for the rest of time. It will not ever be recycled. It, there's nothing you can do about it. Glass, you can, like you can melt it down, you know, and reuse it. I mean, I guess you could do that with plastic too, but yeah, that, that kind of stuff is like, you just shouldn't buy plastic. So you were still thinking that you could buy it and recycle it and it would go somewhere. It doesn't. It, it doesn't, doesn't? No. So we, my pla the plastic I throw in the recycle bin, what happens I to I mean, it? maybe it will have more of an opportunity to be, to be separated from just general trash in a landfill because there's a lot of companies now that are like buying used post-consumer plastic bottles and turning it into new products. So I have a suitcase, oh. for example, that the entire suitcase is made of 200 recycled plastic bottles. Oh, so yeah, you can you can repurpose them if they're, so I think, yeah, if you put it in the right bin, there's a potential that it can get recycled and made into something else, but it isn't gonna just be like, it's not gonna ever, you're never gonna get rid of it. So you should just not buy plastic. Like so that's the solution is to just stop buying plastic. Okay. Uh, I'm point, very passionate, point, obviously, about no, this stuff. No, point taken. <laughs> I, I, I'm all in on that. But yeah. Yeah. So a lot of consumers are looking at that. Obviously, I am. I'm super passionate about that kind of stuff. But, um, And I, I do feel like I see this, obviously, on my social media. I see a ton of new things. Every single day, I feel like it's a different brand that they're putting the spotlight on um, of people. Like Zara, for example. Zara is like a fast fashion company, a clothing yeah. brand. And Zara is, um, is now, they made a pledge that they want to try to have, like, I don't even remember what it was, like 90% of their garments be environmentally friendly by like 2025 or something. Um, because I think so many people stop shopping there because for consumers like me who don't want to support fast fashion, like what I What is fast fashion? It's just overproduction of clothes that happens really fast and they sell it for really cheap. And then the life cycle ends really fast. So if you have a, sh a cheap shirt and it's really shitty quality, it's going to, you know, get holes or have like pit stains or something within six months, you throw it away, that shirt will end up in a landfill versus maybe getting a higher quality product that was made um, in a factory that had ethical conditions. It would made slower. It maybe costs a little bit more, but it's pretty much going to last longer. So I'm, I'm all in favor of um, slow fashion. Yeah. Yeah. We'll just, slow, yeah. If anyone asks, just tell them that. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, I think that there's a ton of companies though that a lot of people like me are looking at and saying like, I don't wanna shop there anymore because of your impact on the environment. Because obviously people are looking at the planet so much more closely now. Yeah, it's becoming a real a real issue. Yeah. And and you're you're right, more and more people are starting to to notice and it's all demographics. Yeah. So as a, as a marketer, you know, have your voice heard, you know, in, you know, to the CEO, to the, you know, to the design center, to the, yeah. to production, manufacturing. If you do make things that are more sustainable and friendlier for the environment, you can raise your prices and people will accept it. Most yeah. people. Yes. A hundred percent. You will, you will keep loyal people. And I, I, I forget the statistic. I think it was, I don't remember, but I came across it when I was doing my research was the percent of people who are willing to pay a little bit more for something from a company that has a better impact on the earth than a negative. So nice. Something to think about. Yep. All right. And that's it. That's all we got. Oh, that's a lot. We did it. <laughs> Those are the trends for 2022. 
in okay. digital marketing. That's awesome. Yeah, take these trends, apply them, and um, you know, let us know if you have any questions or you need any more information or you want to do another episode, we'll do it. Yeah, let us know in the comments if you think we missed any trends. We would love to hear your thoughts. And if you have, like Tom said, any questions about the things we went over, feel free to contact us. We're always down to chat. Thanks for listening to this episode of Adapt and Thrive, a survival guide for the modern marketer. If you liked what you've heard, subscribe and drop a comment on what topics you'd like to hear in future episodes. Good luck out there, marketers. Until next time.